Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. You know, we would always like to hear from you, and if you'll just like to send us an email at podcast at rhema.org, that's R-H-E-M-A, and let us know how much you like our podcast or how much you do not like our podcast, and let us know maybe some things you'd like us to talk about, things like that. Also, we would love to connect with you on Facebook or um, Instagram, and we're, we're actually on at Rhema Podcast, and so so please um, you know, go to social media, send us an email, and let us know what you guys think. Well, today, once again, um, our co-host, T-Mac, he, he's actually doing a ministry trip. No T-Mac. No T-Mac today. So guest hosting today is Marty Grisham. I like to call him the loudmouth roof nerd. The loud, loud now nerd. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Or he's just a big nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know, Marty so the nerd. I have okroofnerds.com. That's my yeah. website because I do commercial residential roofing in the Tulsa area. And just recently, my wonderful wife and I sitting here behind me, sweet little Jenny, we started Loudmouth Prayer where every day... We're praying for the city of Tulsa. We're praying for God to just have his way with the city, and that we're having great results. Now, the other day, you started off prayer like in a hazmat suit type thing. What was that all about? Yeah, the name of that that, that morning's prayer is just a five-minute prayer every day, and it was called a, um, No Spirit of Fear because I just want everyone to know that you can try to do what you want to do man's way to protect yourself, but God's protection is the best. Amen. Well, Marty, it's good to have you once again on the podcast. I, I know you're no stranger to the Raymond podcast. And if any of you have listened to some of our previous podcasts, you, you've got to enjoy Marty many, many different times. And Marty's a very serious man. I'm a very serious man. Very serious. You know, yeah. always very spiritual and serious. Oh, so spiritual. Right now I'm sensing, uh, well, hungry. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, we are a little hungry. It's, um, <laughs> and just to kind of let you guys know, no, not everything always happens really smoothly on our podcast. And so our last recording did not record so we're re-recording this podcast episode well we're glad to have once again on today's podcast we have the Hattabas and the, their missionaries in Beirut Lebanon and you know um, Lebanon has been in the news here recently and so um, we're going to make the title of, of this podcast is having a blast in Lebanon literally so yeah I like that so so tell us about that blast that happened and when it went for our, our listeners you know when it happened and like how close and things like that, how it affected you guys at the church? Yeah. Um, so it's our privilege to be here. And obviously we're um, always really enjoy this podcast. So I'm really glad to be uh, on this side of the microphone. But uh, I, I am so thankful for you guys uh, putting this out because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little taste of home. So you listen back I, home. I do. Um, we we live in Lebanon. We've moved there in 2017 and uh, in May of 2017. Yes, full-time in May. And so our two kids, Trenton and Caitlin, 16 and 15, and uh, me and Julie, we were uh, in Beirut during the August 4th blast that you may have seen on the news. And uh, our ministry headquarters is actually seven-tenths of a mile from wow. the... Uh, from the blast, um, it was a uh, it was a warehouse full of ammonium nitrate, three thousand tons of ammonium nitrate, and so uh, the blast itself was the largest uh, explosion in a non declared like conflict um, in an urban setting. Wow! And uh, it was horrific to be honest, um, but. God supernaturally protected us 
uh, as a family and, and then team. as a as a team we mm-hmm. we do everything in Beirut as a in groups gatherings and team and uh, no one in our church family uh, was directly impacted or experienced loss or injury as a result of the blast and that's just the mercy of God divine protection for sure it is and the uh, you know when when it occurred um, Julie and the kids were actually setting up a youth event and uh, Trenton and Caitlin are, you know, they're not just um, with us on the mission field, but they're really part of the team. And so Julie and the kids were about three miles away from the blast when the, uh, when glass actually blew in on them where they were, Uh, but no one was hurt. No one was injured. Mm. And that was a miracle. But our, uh, where we live and our ministry office and meeting rooms, um, as I said, I mean, if you look out the window, you can see the port from, mm-hmm. from where we are. And um, we had no damage at all. Every other floor in our building had damage. Uh, I actually thought that the building was going to collapse. I, uh, <laughs> I stepped out on the balcony to see, you know, what was left of Beirut. I was very ginger, you know, in, in stepping out on the balcony because I didn't know if it was going to collapse because the building had shaken. Um, and then when I came back in the office, I realized not even, not even the books on my bookshelf had fallen. Wow. And, um, and what that meant was when Julie and the kids got home, they, they came home and home was exactly the way they had left it. My kids got up the next morning and their routine started just the way it normally was and aside from god just being merciful to us it really put us in a position where we as a as a team uh as a church family could reach out to the community in a natural and practical way and give aid and support now you you were sharing with us that not everyone's apartment was just was like yours (laughs) even the same building yes yeah there was there was some significant damage Three hundred thousand people were homeless in an instant 19,000 oh, wow. businesses were destroyed. Um, and as uh, we, what we call Go Church Beirut, which is the church that we're helping to plant there in Beirut. Yeah, and can, can you, once again, give us the websites, you know, if they want to support you guys or want to find out what you're doing in, in Beirut. Um. That's very gracious. So we're part of uh, Club 1040, club1040.com. Um, and then our, our website is hataba.family. My last name, H-A-T-T-A-B-A-U-G-H dot family. That's our website. Um, but we, uh, our, our, our church family has actually been helping uh, rebuild apartments and uh, businesses, both. Um, we're actually uh, just finishing up um, helping a business that was uh, actually providing catering for us before the blast. Um, just restoring some of their security doors on the outside because everything got blown in. And, and so you guys are literally fulfilling <clears throat> our model here at Rama, bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Yeah. You know, because there are many people's lives that were literally shaken during that time. But also, you know, by seeing what happened in, in you guys, in your church, um, you know, how, how there is protection around you, you know, really shows you know, how good our God is. Yes. Yeah. But, Absolutely. but I, I'm, I'm, I want to go back to the blast itself. I mean, you know, what, 
because many more people want to know, well, what were you thinking? Because you, you, don't, you don't know at the time, is this war? I mean, is, is there another blast going to come? You know, <clears> say, <throat> you know is, is, is buildings going to start falling over? You know, what's, what's going to happen? And, um, you know, how surprised were you? Because you guys talked about how, how we were pre- you were prepared, you know, here at the School of World, World Mission. So talk about that a little bit. Um, so I received a lot of practical training while I was in the School of World Missions program, um, They gave you some real life experiences of opportunities that you could face when you're on the mission field. One of those is like a disaster training. And uh, the goal in school is to uh, make it as real as possible. So you're, even if you're acting out, you're trying to get into character. And I really found that when the explosion happened, that I defaulted to that training. I, my instincts were instantly just to gather those that were around me, to check to make sure everyone was okay, and then to assess the damage from there and find out, you know, what the source was, you know, why, what's happened, why is it happening? And, you know, it was funny to hear from my kids after the explosion, they said, you know, they weren't sure if they were more concerned by the parents that were there that were hysterical and were very, very moved by what had happened or if it was how cool and calm and collected I was in the midst of it all. Um, so it's really just a testimony to the training that I received at Rama <clears throat> and the faithfulness of God working in and through me. Um, the moments after that, so I was in a Lebanese home. We were preparing for a youth ministry uh, event, and they speak Arabic. So on the news, the first news broadcast was that um, the home of Hariri in Lebanon had been attacked. The prime minister. The prime minister. And so I had messaged Matt and shared that with him. And he said, well, you know, that's very, very bad. (laughs) That's what happened. Well, there were competing news stories. There was another news story. He said it was fireworks. That fireworks had exploded. (laughs) uh, That was the one that hit uh, hit the headlines here in the U.S. first. Fireworks. Maybe fireworks did go off, but (laughs) something else. something else has happened, too. Well, everyone assumed it was a military strike. And when yes. there wasn't, there were actually two explosions. And when there wasn't a third, then, you know, uh, people began, you know, trying to assess damage and, mm-hmm. and administer aid. Um, and so it, it was, um, the, of course, the most important thing in these in these situations is to remain calm. You can't make good decisions when you're nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Mm-hmm. Um, it was just about going down the checklist of, you know, what, what to do next. Yes. And, and I think it's, you know, you talked about, um, how you kind of went to mom mode, you know, and you went to be a protector of those. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure there were people around about you that were freaking out, you know, because they, they didn't have what we call the peace that passes all understanding that's, that, right. that's you know, mm-hmm. because even in the middle of our worst crisis, we, we still have our awesome God. That's you know, right. and, and, you know, we do know in the world that we live in, there's uncertainty all around. And in fact, um, you know, a lot of folks have been facing that throughout the, the pandemic and different things like that. And, and it is interesting. It seems that the number one thing that this world has been experiencing is fear. Yes. And we have a scripture that says that God <laughs> has not, not given us a spirit of fear. Thank God. But yes. power and love and a sound mind. So if God hasn't given us fear, we need to understand that fear comes from the devil himself. That's right. And, you know, because fear causes confusion and causing. Now, you know, I was even talking to my wife this morning, you know, that sometimes life isn't fair. And sometimes things happen that literally rock our world. Now, this was a little rock. You know, it actually rocked your world. 
you know, but there are things that happen that rock our world, you know, spiritually, emotionally, financially, you know, and, and physically, you know, from, from a health type standpoint. You know what? But we can have peace in the middle of, of devastation and, and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I think that during this pandemic, we've seen that a lot of Christians don't have that foundation of peace. They, you know, the I've, I've done a lot of study about, about peace. And you realize that whenever Jesus left this world, when, it, when he came back and visited his disciples, mm-hmm. and the last thing he said is, is, is peace I leave you with. Yeah. That's right. You know, you know and, and, you know, it's, it's his desire that we have peace. And then we read in Philippians about the peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that means, you know, we have peace even when, when nobody else has peace. And people can't even understand why we have peace. Mm-hmm. But why can we not have peace when we have the greater one living inside of us? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. And, you know, you know, and sometimes we think maybe we don't have all the answers in the natural but, you know, we can be led by that spirit and, and he'll lead us and he'll guide us and he'll, he'll help us to step by step be able to, you know, to, to do what we need to do. And, you know, share with us. I know you were talking about the, the next um, broadcast after after that, because things now are mainly online, you know, because of the pandemic. You know, talk talk about how that affected um, there in, in, in Lebanon and, and how you were able to even minister to more people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um it's not surprising when we say Middle East, most people think Islam. Yeah. But uh, there is a spiritual hunger there that probably doesn't really make most news reports. Um, but after the blast, the uh, we we do most of our, our broadcasts uh, for Go Church Beirut are, are not, not most. 100% of them are on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. And... Uh, we had 18,000 people, a little over 18,000 people watch a 40-minute gospel message following that blast. And these are people in Lebanon. Their IP addresses in Lebanon uh, that watch the, uh, watch the entire message. So um, there is a, it, there's a, an ability for – there's an opportunity. Let me say it that way. There's an opportunity for us to share the gospel in an unreached area um, using tools that are available to us. Amen. And speaking of, of, of IP addresses in Lebanon, I actually looked it up while we were talking. We, we have 10 different IP addresses that, that have listened to the podcast from Lebanon, you know, you guys being one of them. So, wow. so we want to say hi to the nine other people who listen to us <laughs> right, right now. And, and actually, it's all in the Beirut area, by the way. Really? And so, you know, I just kind of looked it up. Um, and we have one guy in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, awesome. you know, one Praise IP address in, in Saudi Arabia. And so... Um, the, the most common actually place um, um India we have we have around 500 mm. unique IP IP addresses in India and so um because we're on India's number one streaming site you know in excellent and so it's um nice. but it is kind of interesting you know from from granny's attic we can reach the whole world yeah. you know and actually people want to listen to us that's even that's even <laughs> more incredible so um you know let's talk about children on the mission field because you know Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I feel sorry for your kids. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're having to, you know, go on the mission field and things like that. So, so go back and, and talk about, you know, how, how, how was that, you know, to, to explain to your kids, hey, we're going to move to Beirut, you know, and, you know, and those kind of things. Can, can you go back and talk about that and talk about, you know, your, your, how old your kids are and you know, how old they were whenever you moved to, in, I guess, 2017? Yeah, so we moved full-time in 2017. We began taking trips over in 2015 with the kids. We wanted to go out and kind of scout out the land and see how it would be living there as a family. Um, 
And when we moved in 2017, we received nothing but encouragement. You know, our Rama family really encouraged our kids and, you know, they really cheered them on for stepping out in faith. And we have found that as we have moved as a family, our kids, Trenton is 16 and Caitlin is 15 now, you know, they have really partaked of the grace that God has placed on our family. You know, God did not call Matt and I to the mission field, but he absolutely called our family to go and to minister and serve the people in Lebanon. Our kids help with everything. They help me with the youth ministry. Um, They help to minister to the Lebanese kids that are there. And they just have a heart for people. They love people. If you ask our kids, you know, where is home now? They say Beirut is home. And they love to come back and visit family here in the U.S., but home is in Lebanon. Um, And it really blesses us to see as God is working in and through them. You know, our kids help with the natural side of ministry. Our daughter edits the videos that we use to stream our online broadcasts. Our son knows how all of our tech equipment works and helps to set up all of our video and um, audio recordings. Yeah, they're just a huge blessing. You know, they and, are they are our connections team when we have yeah. in person meetings. Well, and they model they yeah. model what it means to be plugged in and help yeah. Uh, yeah. to the yeah. Lebanese team. So they're and and they do it effortlessly, and yes. the you know that is a product of uh, our connection here at Rama as a family. Absolutely, because as we were serving. Um, at Rama in the helps ministry, our kids were serving right alongside of us. Every opportunity that we could have them serving with us, we we allowed them to join with us because we know that you know they're receiving also. As you sow seed, you reap, and they definitely had the opportunity to sow into uh, Rama here as a base in the helps ministry, and now they learned how to operate in that and take it with them to Lebanon. It's actually the first, probably the first thing that. Uh, they learned to say in Arabic was, can I help? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's like, it's all about our model, bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, once again, maybe you're listening to this podcast wherever in the world, and um, you're thinking to myself, you know, you're, yourself, man, my life isn't where it needs to be, or, or I just don't know the word like I need to know the word. Maybe you want to check out Rama Bible Training College right here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yes. If you'll just go to rbtc.org, mm-hmm. and you, there's some information about Rama. But most importantly, give us your information, your, your email, your phone number, and we're going to have one of our members of what we call our student ambassador team, and they're going to give you a call. They're going to talk to you about Rama. They're going to try to set up a tour to, to come visit campus because there's just something about visiting campus. And, you know, and one of the unique opportunities here as a student at Rainbow Valley Training College is also get involved in the church. Yes. And, and a, a lot of times what you can do is, you know, you know, maybe if you do feel a call for ministry, then you can actually learn how to do ministry in the church and how to, you know, get involved here. And, it, and it's just a, a wonderful family. You know, m- maybe your family's not that wonderful, but I tell you what, I mean, when you come here and, and when we, we always use the word, come and get plugged in. Yes. You know, I know the Hatterballs, I mean, I mean, they actually got plugged in yeah. right there at Raymer, Oklahoma City, you know, plugged in there and they stayed connected Thank God. and they're still sta- they're still yeah. connected, you know, and, and and I believe that that went a long way in, in the training. And, you know, and also it, it, I'm sure it helps overseas to to know that you have family that not only are supporting you, you know, financially, but also praying for you guys. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and you're just part of the family. And anytime I know, obviously, when that blast happened, you know, m- 
all of us were like, you know, we want to make sure they're okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first thing I did was go to you guys' Facebook sites, you know, and, and check out what's, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So rbtc.org, check that out. I want to talk about, um, you know, the online thing. First of all, I mean, obviously Facebook has been, has been great for you, YouTube. And things, and I, I know a lot of us. We kind of knock the big tech people, but but you know what? They are helping us reach the world. That's right. But mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's unique, um, and, and you know, to because if you were to tell me, you know, I'm going to Lebanon, I would assume most people are Islamic, you know. But but that's not really the case. Can, can you can you share, you know, the the mix of of religions and 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 you know what what's you know going on over there and and maybe real quickly just a, a brief description of that 1040 window because yeah, not yes. everyone knows what that's about yeah so um lebanon is a country in the middle east and when we say 1040 window that's a that's a description that people that study missions have kind of identified if you look at the globe uh, between the 10th and 40th parallels latitude marks on the globe you can find the predominant population of people that don't know Jesus and in the Middle East North Africa we're we're based in Lebanon but our focus is on the Middle East North Africa countries there's 22 nations that make up that that what we call MENA region and um, about 500 million people call that region home, and well over 90% of them, if nothing changes, um, will die and never know personally a born-again believer. And so, um, you know, I, I, I say it that way as opposed to saying having access to the gospel. Um, but so, you know, what we're working to do is to train leaders and church planters that can go and minister not only in the Arabic language or in Farsi or in Turkish, but we want to see people that understand and can minister inside the bounds of those cultures. Um, Lebanon is home is a really diverse place. Uh, it was created uh, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire in World War One. So even though it's a very ancient place. Uh, the modern state, the modern political boundaries were actually, it was created uh, by the French um, following World War I as a home for primarily Latin Catholics or Western Catholics. And so up until, say, 2012, 2013, 60% of the population of Lebanon would have identified as Catholic. Today, it's more about uh, 60% Muslim. And uh, that is split between Sunni and Shia Muslim. And so we have, uh, we have a variety of peoples and people groups in Lebanon. And we primarily, since the uh, coronavirus um, lockdown, well, we, actually before the coronavirus, we had a different kind of lockdown because in October of 2019, uh, Lebanon experienced a um, popular revolution. And that uh, closed everything for a while. And then um, just as those things were, just as Lebanon was starting to open back up, uh, the coronavirus lockdowns began in Lebanon. And we actually, in 2020, only had six weeks where we did not have some kind of curfew. And that pushed everything that we do online. Wow. So, you know, it obviously... The way Lebanon is, is set forth, that there isn't, 
you, you're able to minister the gospel like freely. It's not like you have to have underground churches like some places in the Middle East, correct? Yeah, it's uh, really, it's so unique in the Middle East because Lebanon allows us, um, and it's so strategic because we can openly preach the gospel and um, see people converted. We can see people come to Jesus, but then also we are able to train people there to go out into these denied territories. And that's why we see Lebanon as a very strategic place as a base. So just the mentality of going into a, a country, training the locals to take their country. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and a testimony, if I could share, a couple of years ago, we had a guy, his name um, is Precious Guy. Uh, his name is Richard and uh, Rashid. And he, this guy, he he came a couple of years ago to, to one of our meetings, and primarily he just slept. And if he wasn't sleeping... Sounds like Marty in church. Yeah, yeah it was Sunday mornings. He would argue. Uh, only when I'm preaching, right? <laughs> he'd, he'd start arguing, and he'd ask questions, and uh, but he was really hungry, and he just kept coming. And over time, you know, we... we really focus on obedience-based discipleship, putting the Word of God into practice. And we've watched the Word work in him. <laughs> and it was about a month ago, he said, he came up to me, he says, you know, I was thinking about something today. I said, what's that? And he said, I thought, Paul had an experience with Jesus, but he couldn't see anything until he met Ananias. Mm-hmm. He pointed at me, he says, you're Ananias. Wow. And I said, yes, and you're Paul. And he said, I think God's going to send me out Wow! and take this message that I'm learning, and he's going to use me as a missionary. Wow. Amen. I mean, and that's one of the purposes why we, are, we, we are in Lebanon. <laughs> that's I mean, exactly you know. right. That's, that's why you buy the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, there are many people that are listening, and obviously the Islamic, um, you know, religion is is all over the world yeah. you know do you have any tips for our listeners on, on how to minister someone who's islamic and maybe you know we don't know a whole lot about that that religion you know and a lot of people think that uh, they're just mean rude you know people who hate christians but you know what i've met a lot of really good islamic um you know folks i mean in fact well one of our our neighbors went my, my very first house that, that i built um right across the street that i had three different um, they own three different houses. So it was like their whole family, their grandparents, yeah, yeah. you know, they all, you kind of, kind of know how that all is. Exactly. And they were always looking out for us. And in fact, um, um, I was traveling a lot at the time and, and they knew that. And my wife had a habit of leaving the garage door open, you know, in like nighttime. And they were, they would like, they were always working on vehicles or whatever. And so they come ring the doorbell. Hey, your, your garage door's open. I know your, I know your husband's not home. So, you know what, you know, th- there are some really good Islamic folks out there you know and so not all people are are, are bad and a lot of yeah. them they're just doing what they think they need to do you know um but is any tips you might have you know i, I know we don't, we don't have somewhat too much time but you no, know some, some quick I, tips I, I will say um there are people that know a lot more about this than i do mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't hold myself out as an expert on this i mean you haven't like examined the quran and you know, <laughs> know everything about it <clears throat> the most devout the most devout muslim person that i have personally had the opportunity to share the gospel with. Um, I led to the Lord leaning on a Starbucks trash can in about 10 minutes. Wow. 
Um, and that was Starbucks in, in Beirut. In it's, Beirut, it's yeah. a, So there are Starbucks in Beirut. There are Starbucks. We had our very first Go Church Beirut out, interest event in a Starbucks. All right, Starbucks is everywhere. Starbucks are everywhere, <laughs> and um, yeah, there's probably McDonald's there too, right? There, there is. is, and they're right next to the Starbucks, <laughs> and they're really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, man, I, I I've ate McDonald's all over the world. You know, it's yeah. kind of have you know, have a taste of home a little bit. Popeyes chicken. There also is a Popeyes. Popeyes there. No, really? no, yes, seriously, Popeyes chicken in there was, there was a uh, the first Popeyes was in Tyre, and then they opened one in Sidon, and now there's one in Beirut. Yeah, and they yeah. deliver. Which is pretty awesome. Well, my uncle was doing tires and siding. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just talked to, we when we have the chance to talk to people that are from an Islamic background, we just talk to them like they're people yeah. and share love of Jesus. Absolutely. The reason there are a billion Muslims in the world is not because the message of <clears throat> Islam is so great. There's no gospel in Islam. It's because... From the time they can uh, hear words, they're told they're Muslim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Islam does an amazing job of building communities and uh, building in identity. And so whereas maybe in, maybe in Christian circles we try to tell people to be good enough to be a Christian, uh, Islam starts from the fact that this is who you are, this is this is who you will always be. This is your identity, um, and so uh, that's uh, that's maybe a lesson for for us to take away from, really especially in children's ministry. But the um, the aspect of just sharing the simple gospel, yes, with people. We had a room full of we had eighty families that we'd invited to this outreach event. And I had a uh, Muslim man share his testimony, his conversion to Jesus. And he wanted to say, he wanted to show like how the Quran was wrong. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about any of that. Talk about who you were before Jesus. While you were, you know, he had trouble with drugs, almost got thrown in prison, trouble with his family, so on and so forth. And what happened after Jesus? He shared that testimony and then simple question. How many of you want Jesus to do this in your life? Wow. Everybody in the room, from the oldest person to young kids, stood up to receive Jesus. I almost dropped my phone. Yeah. Wow. Simple. Yeah. So now, simple. Now, the way I understand, actually, the Quran does mention about Jesus and does call him a, a prophet. And so I know there's a lot of Islamic people who want to learn more about that Jesus that's in the Quran. And so I, I think that's probably a gateway to, to be able to open up to, to let me show you a little bit about Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, because they don't necessarily look at him like an evil person because he was actually um, spoke uh, very highly in the Quran. So, yes. And I, I don't, under, I mean, that's what I understand. So I'm not, I'm not, I haven't really read it. So, but I mean, you know, a lot of them are open to hear about that Jesus that they read about, you know, in their Bible. Yeah. You know, I think something that we found to be so successful is that we don't speak to the religion. We just look for authentic relationships and opportunities just to share love and, uh, and relate to people because it's through those times of relationship and really having the opportunity to speak into someone's life is where you see change. And if you're speaking to religion, you're always gonna there's always gonna be a barrier or something that you're trying to yeah. trying to overcome, trying to trying to communicate through. But if you're speaking to people and you're speaking in love, then that speaks so much louder than than speaking to a religion can do. Uh, you know, I was actually. <clears throat> One time I was in Newport Beach, California, 
technically I was actually rollerblading on the beach, um, not on the beach, but on the sidewalk close to the beach. We were, we were going there, and, and um, I stopped um, for a there, – there was a place that was selling you know, some waters and some different things. So I stopped, and we sat down, the guy I was with. Um, um, in fact, it was – Pastor David Kramer, who was who was just on the podcast just you know, a couple weeks ago, and um, we were there at a at a convention in California, and it was a really nice day. We're like, hey, we're going to run to the beach area, and then there was like some guy renting renting rollerblades. Like, let's rent rollerblades. So so we did. So we sat down on on the on the in the bench, and all of a sudden there there was a guy that was a street preacher. And I'm like, cool, a street preacher, you know, but this guy wasn't preaching love. It, it was all about, you know, if you're this religion, you're going to hell. If you're that religion, you're going to hell. You know, it's about, you know, and maybe what he was saying was truthful, but it wasn't in love. Yeah. And all it took was for him to get to someone's religion who happened to be you know, within a short distance from him to, to be able to challenge them. Because, you know, most people, if whatever religious belief they have, they're trying to be, you know, the best Christian, the best Muslim, the best Buddhist they could be. I mean, yeah. you know, and so it really infuriates them whenever someone's you know say no you're going to hell now now i'm not saying that so sometimes it's it's not you know if it's truthful or not but sometimes it's, it's out of love you know and so the way this ended up is these people they didn't get in a fist fight but there were some shoving and whatever happened to be a, a police officer really close by you know and it ends up breaking up and they told the guy you know both of them to go on and nobody got saved you know, exactly. and, and I think sometimes maybe we don't do it like that, but, but a lot of times there's like a standoffish between, you know, we, we put a wall between us and someone of another religion. And I'm the kind of person I think that, you know, if we study about Jesus, he would go anywhere yeah. and minister gospel to anyone. And, mm-hmm. and really, you know, the Bible says that how God anointed Jesus Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing yes. good. Yeah. The yes. first thing he did, we, you know, he just showed forth his love yes. to the world. And then it talks about preaching, teaching, and healing. But the first thing he did was doing good. And so a lot of times, you know, our, our first interaction with people, is, it's just being nice to them. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're at Starbucks and someone's, you know, I'm not saying you have to do this, but maybe someone behind you and you just feel that, hey, I'm going to buy their coffee. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, well, why'd you buy my coffee? I, I don't know. Well, you know, you know, so it, it opens up a door to be able to, to, to share about about, you know, how you know, we just want to show forth God's love you know, to people. And so I, yeah. I think that we need to realize that people are people, no matter what they come from your culture or not your culture, no matter, you know, whether you're the same religion, the, the same sex, the, the same race or whatever. Cause I think, especially here in America, there seems to be a lot of division. Yeah. Uh, we, we're divided among our religions. We're divided among, you know, our, our sex or, or whatever we believe or, or divided among, among our races. And, and, you know, and, you know, whenever it comes to, I, I remember the, children's church song jesus loves the little children of the world red and yellow black and white they're precious mm-hmm. in his sight you know and even when we still grow up jesus still loves us and we're yes. still That's precious right. yes. in his sight and we yeah. as christians need to show forth the love of jesus to a lost and dying and hurting world yeah as a team we we really emphasize this kind of uh we repeat this thing all the time we we never want to in argument win arguments we want to yeah. win people absolutely yes. and so when we have those when we have these interest meetings, when we invite, and we're, you know, we're obviously, because of where we are, we're constantly dealing with people that don't have, you know, church backgrounds. They're not choosing Go Church because they like our, you know, the way our logo looks. I mean, they, they don't know anything. We, we routinely come, come across people that they 
maybe have significant calls on their life to do things for God, but they're not born again yet. And so um, we just want to build relationships that will grow and allow doors to be open, like you're saying, where we can minister to them. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, it sounds like you guys are having a blast in Lebanon. We are. Blast. We are. Yeah. You know, and, and how actually, you know, like I said, this one devastating thing that's happened to the city has also opened many doors to be able to, to, to bring hope, help, and healing, you know, to people who are hurting. You know, they went third-year pastors. Yeah. Um, can you real quickly, Pastor, go through, like, what what ministry gifts or what does Rama prepare people for? Like, a, a evangelist, Rhema pastors? Rhema teaches what, what you need to know. What you need. Yeah. The song. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, the... the First of all, if you want to know more about Rama, rbtc.org. If you go to their website, and they'll explain, you know, you know, kind of the, the curriculum, kind of what's going on. Also, you can give us your information, your your email address, your phone number, and we're going to have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you more about Rama, answer all your questions, as well as they would try to set up a, a time to come to to the campus here in Broken Arrow, Tulsa area, Oklahoma, and set up a, a tour. And maybe we will do that during camp meeting, which, which is July the 25th through time. the 30th, yeah. which is a wonderful time here where we have three services a day, yeah. something for the children, something for the youth, you know, and something for the adults a, as well. But here at Rama, the, the first two years are, are you know, I, I, what is it called? Ministry Ministry Fundamentals, we call it. You know, thank you, Cliffy Poo, for helping Cliffy us out Poo. there. Um, we actually kind of have a code name. We call it CORE, meaning, you know, first two years you come and you just learn more about general ministry things. And then the third year is when you go more in depth, you know, as some of you maybe feel called to go to. It doesn't mean that necessarily you're going to be a pastor or going to be, but, but you think, well, me, you know, God wants me to go to the pastoral ministry. So there's a third year pastoral um, ministry. There's a, a third year traveling ministers. Um, there's third year missions, um, third year worship. Um, third year, you can do student ministries, or you can just what you feel maybe called ministry of helps just to um, help out your local church. Or we have a thing called you know, biblical studies. And if you'll go the first two years, Raymond, then third year biblical studies, you'll actually end up studying every book of the Bible. Wow. Um, you know, at Raymond. So, you know what? Some of you hmm. might be going through transitions. I don't care if you're 18 or you're 80 years of age. You know, they're, you're never hmm. too late to come learn more about the Word of God. Whether you feel a, a full-time call to ministry or just want to learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org. Did I answer your question, Marty? That's everything I ever wanted to know. Everything you wanted to know. You know, it's so good to to, to hear from you. First of all, it's good to have you back in town for a a short time. You know, know, I I know that you, you love Beirut and Beirut's home now, but you know, home is really, you know, here in Tulsa Broken Arrow. I know you have, you know, so many, you know, friends and you know and, and you know really family members they might not be literally your family members but we consider you know you guys just a, a family Praise and, God. and we're, we're excited to have have you have you here and you know i was so actually whenever i heard that you were going to be in town i'm like i gotta get them on the podcast and thank i'm God. actually going to be out of town next week and so i want to make sure you know it happens so so thank you for coming on you know thank i God. mean like you know it's absolutely just, you know and sharing you know not you know, your, your unique story and, and how you know, God changed your life, you know, through, through Rama, basically the yeah. Rama, Oklahoma city, then, then here at the church at the ministry yeah. and, and how God's continuing to, to bless the, the, you know, the nation of Beirut, of, of um, Lebanon and, and other things as God leads you guys as well. Once again, can you give us websites once again? So, you know, people want to follow you guys. So, uh, yeah, we're part of an organization called club 1040. It's club 1040.com. 
and our personal website is hatabaugh h-a-t-t-a-b-a-u-g-h dot family hatabaugh.family all right well we're going to end today's broadcast like we end every broadcast here at rama we're bringing hope, hope help and healing, healing to the, the world. world god bless you guys you have a wonderful day